Good morning, traders, investors. Here we are in March. Good January. Up nearly 6% in the S&P. Down 3% in February. And now we're stuck. What's going to get us out of this trading range? Some really bad retail earnings didn't hit, hurt the market. China up again. Try and figure out the reason for that one. Craig Johnson coming on at 8.35. He's going to help us figure out this market for 2023. This is pre-market prep. Mitch, let's get it going. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's pre-market prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, let's get things started here. Uh, week close, follow through in the aftermarket, and poof, we are up eight handles at uh, 39.83 and a half. A weak buck is helping it out, down 70 cents, just couldn't hold that last rally. Uh, 104.12 is our last print. Bonds just down a few ticks, one, just over 125. Crew just stuck in the mid 70 handle, down 60 cents at 76.44. Gold, could it have a couple up days here? Up 1040 at 1847.10. Silver back over 21, up 15 cents at 21.22. And Bitcoin, it's back up again here, uh, up $480 at $23,890. So, Triple D, when you shut things down at 8 o'clock last night, it was a much Ugly. different market. Yeah, China turned this market around. So, yeah, we were significantly down here overnight. We had an ugly close and an even uglier after hours. S&P is tanking into the close, end of the month, obviously, action there. We lost about 10 handles in the last 10 seconds. Really hit hard. Really quick. And we lost another 15 after hours. So it was setting up to be an ugly day. But we got some good economic data from China coming from Reuters here. Um, I can just read the headline there. China stocks bouncing as China's manufacturing activity expanded at the fastest pace in over a decade. So that is why we got some good PMI data from China. That is why you're seeing the big rally in China stocks, which has turned the entire market around. I mean, Alibaba was in the gutter. Boom, it's up five bucks here this morning. Baidu, you pick your Chinese poison. Up $8, Baidu. FXI is up 4.72%. KWeb up even more, 5.96%. China is your catalyst here this morning. And you know, you go from um you go from doing nothing to closed economy and then you open things up a little bit. Wow, what a surprise in those numbers, huh? I mean, they it's, finally Yeah, definitely reopening here driving the bus, Joel. So great call there. I mean, obviously China has been fighting COVID for, you know, we reopened a long time ago, a year before they really have started. So now that they got the reopening going, you know, you're starting to see it in the data. And the market is applauding that. It's, again, the market that prices in nothing. 
So it's the most simplistic market ever. I know everybody, oh, the market looks out nine months. The market doesn't look out nine days. It can't price nine seconds. It's made up of dumb participants. So here, if you were thinking, and obviously I wasn't, but if you were thinking about it, well, there's a good chance that some economic data coming from China is going to start to improve as they actually reopen. So here, obvious trade, Captain Obvious Trade, um, PMI data's up, and China stocks are ripping on it because, again, this market price is in nothing. Mitch, what's on your radar? Do you want to go good earnings? Do you want to go bad earnings? Do you want to go about a vaccine maker that doesn't make vaccines going out of business? Uh, Right. There's so much out there today, but let's get to it. Let's start with that NVAX, right? I mean, uh, this is a company that in the pandemic, a lot of people were, you know, banging the door that they wanted to get in it. It rose up big move. And then now look where it's at team. This is just how quickly stories can change. And, and uh, Novavax shares trading lower after the company reported, of course, worse than expected Q4 results and said substantial doubt exists regarding its ability to continue as a going concern. Never want to hear uh, that. They reported a loss. Uh, they reported a loss of $2.28, missing the loss of $0.92. Cents. Sales of $357.4 million missed the $383.14 million estimate. Do you guys see Novavax getting out of here? Yeah, I think so. I've said this too. Um, this is just, you know, the opposite case with Moderna. They got it out there fast. Both these companies were on it. This took two years to get their approval, two years to get their vaccine out there. And by the time they got it out there, the pandemic was over. So, I mean, they couldn't have did things. Management couldn't have did things more wrong here. Um, $6.66. You're going to see little pops, little squeezes because of high short interest. But at the end of the day here, I believe this company is going bankrupt. So um, I'm not betting long in this at all. I don't know the path to get it there. Again, stocks don't always go to zero when they go bankrupt, but they often go to pennies. So I think there's $6.66 of still maybe pain here ahead. So um, no, I'm not buying the dip here in NVAX today. I could be wrong. I don't have a crystal ball, but I will tell you, they dropped the ball completely on this compared to Moderna, compared to Pfizer, compared to um, BioNTech. NVAX, worst of breed, and looks like it is in a world of trouble. Yeah, I just, I'm not going to comment on the short term activity. I just remember writing about the stock during the pandemic, and I looked at like the previous patterns where 03, they must have had something really good. No. 06, we got something great. No. Oh, nine. Oh, we got something fantastic. No. And then I don't know what happened in 15. I mean, so many times this stock just did the exact same thing and then they just are doing it again. So no comments on the short term trading action. I just sometimes when stocks, you know, you could look at a history, you don't know a stock, you go look at the monthly, it gives you a little bit of a pattern. But uh, down 257, 669 is your last print. But uh, the pattern is simply lower. This got up just pure stupidity when this got up over $300 a share. <laughs> Man. They still, I can't believe they took that long to get that vaccine out there. I mean, it could have been yeah. a completely different story. They would have been in a, a different cash flow situation if they would have got the vaccine out there a year sooner. But too little, too late for NVAX. And this is why I think it's important to always know the leadership, right? The kind of their history, Joel mentioning it. You can just easily look at it on the monthly chart, or you could actually look into their history. It wasn't a great one. 
Let's look at the SPY right now or the ES. It looks like we had a little bit of a leak here at 8 a.m. But of course, to me, that just means more range bound, right? I think we've been stuck in this range. We've been talking about it. Would we be range bound? And it's been the chop, right? I mean, Dennis has been talking about it. I've been talking about it. The chop is ridiculous. Every time you think you are going to get a breakdown, a little bounce back to resistance. You get a, a move back to resistance. Yesterday, we get up there towards... Uh, kind of those 398s, 399. Oh, let's just close off and sell off towards the close, right? Yep. I mean, that, that's that's this type of market right now. So you got to be careful out there with the chop. It, it's not the market to chase in. It's the market the chops around. And um, I think we're still just going to be in a sideways market for the foreseeable future. Sideways to down. Sideways to down. I think that's right, Joel. Yeah, I, I, I I'd agree with, with you, that. Joel. Sideways to down. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's not going to be simple. Um, I do think we've got a lot of pain ahead. Again, you know, and, and maybe we should go into the Kohl's numbers here, which I still have some <laughs> shares, and I cannot believe I didn't sell that on that you know, recent Let's rally. Let's do some retail. But um, retail has just been a disaster. These Kohl's numbers are a disaster as well. But, you know, the stock is off the lows here. So, I mean, maybe they're not expecting much here. Uh, maybe a lot of bad news is priced into this, but obviously not all of it because stock's still down 7%. Give us those numbers, Money Mitch. Let's go to Kohl's here. Kohl's EPS at a loss of $2.49 misses the estimate of $0.98 cent estimate. Sales of $6.02 million missed to $5.98 billion estimate. They do see fiscal year 23 net sales down 2 to 4% and see fiscal year 23 EPS at $2.10 on the low end, $2.70 on the high end versus a $2.00 and 99 cent estimates so lowering the guidance there for fiscal year 23 and a huge miss on eps yeah i don't know if there's some one-time items in there but that's yeah, a crazy that's miss uh joe we did get down into the 24 <laughs> handle here yeah. we have come significantly off those lows we're back in the 26 handle i've still got the half size long position on this thing from way back in the day I actually looked at this when it was rallying in January. It got up to 32, and I thought about selling it. I never even realized it went to 35. I guess I got to look at the long-term portfolio more often. 35.77. What a gift that was up there. Should have dumped it all. Um, I'm still holding that small size position, and it, and it's been a disaster. Co- couple so, comments. Don't like couple, this doc. Talking yeah, is my book. Just a couple comments on this. I mean. They got to quit giving stuff away. They have the best buy syndrome. <laughs> I go in there, you know, Lisa gives me like a coupon or something or whatever. I have a Kohl's cash. Is that what they call it or whatever? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, and I, whatever I was told to go in there and buy, I buy. And they're like, well, here, here's another coupon. And then like, they knock another like five, 10 bucks off. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're exactly right. I remember shopping at Kohl's, always the same thing. You go and you buy, and then you get to the register, and they knock another 20% off what you were expecting to pay. Here's That's the, the trick, The team. ultimate couponers there. Here's like, the here. ultimate hack. You go to, you order like a 99-cent item on Amazon. You let it come to your house, and you return it at Kohl's and get $5 off anything. <laughs> because they give you I, a I coupon. When you return they are the Amazon products, at Kohl's, they give you that Kohl's cash, $5. Go spend it in the store. 
They're the did they did they fire the done. CEO that uh, turned down that deal? It's that supposed deal. It's sixty five that they turned oh, down. Oh, I think man. they were trying to get that deal pushed through, but they never got it. I mean, that's what suckered me into the thing back at forty. 65. I was like, ah, the P's not bad. We got a proposal potentially at sixty, and it did go up after I bought it. But should have sold it. <laughs> Didn't sell. Got to sell. It kept Whoa. on hitting 62. Boom, 62. Well, I thought the deal was at 65. Uh, just last thing here. If you were waiting for the low of the move on this one, you just missed it. 23.38 was uh, a daily low, and then 23.90, you, you know, people stacking up at the whole number, right? You, you went to 23.90, 24. Uh, just the way this looks right now, I know you had that little spike down to 24.50. Not sure what that was about, but I don't know. I think if you, if you want to purchase this, in, on the cheap, near 24 bucks, you might have missed your opportunity there. Uh, we'll just call resistance uh, at uh, the close and the low at 28. Don't know when you're going to see that number again. And then uh, Dollar Tree uh, in the tank, too, this morning, huh? Yeah, Dollar Tree's not doing good here. Their numbers Let's were fine, though, it. Mitch. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. EPS at $2.04 beat the $2.02 estimate. Sales at $7.72 billion beat the $7.6 billion estimate. Dollar Tree sees Q1 net sales at $7.2 billion to $7.4 billion on the high end versus a $7.2 billion estimate. So not bad. High end pushes it above on the guidance for Q1. We'll see. I mean, I, I think you're going to start seeing more and more Dollar Tree kind of pick up um i know that i've been seeing like the aldi's by my by my house getting more and the, and uh, also we got a dollar tree that that thing's always packed so who knows maybe the consumer's starting to look for cheaper goods well they always do in a recession we've said this before a stock like dollar tree or dollar general can actually hold up not bad sometimes and not nothing's recession proof obviously everything gets hit if everybody has less money but yeah. some things hold up better than other things. I was actually short this into the report. Um, just did it last mm. night. Somebody was bidding it up, Joel, um, two three dollars. Oh, yeah. They were bidding it up two three bucks ahead of the report, and I was like, you know what? I'll take a small size position in here. They're giving me a two and a right half up point here. lead. Yeah, they were giving me a two and a half point lead. I mean, sometimes like yeah, even if they beat, who knows the crappy environment they're hitting stocks anyways. And it worked out. So I actually just covered it here. Not bad. I got one forty on some, and then I got one forty. Uh, two and change on the other part of can it. I, so. Can I pick Can I pick the I'm price? Out. Can I pick the price? Where I shorted it? Yeah, I'm going to say... It was right a little on. early. It went more the, after I did it. Okay, what? 148. Yeah, I was like 147.70 or something, okay. I think. 147.80 oh. maybe. Yeah, so I, I was. It was up about $2.50, and I'm like, you know what? Sometimes you just got to take the leads. Somebody yeah. maybe is really excited. Maybe somebody doesn't want to hold it through the report. And sometimes they just give you these opportunities. And it's not always the case. I and mean, sometimes they just literally just, you know, they're they're up after hours and they blow it away. But we're just kind of in the environment here where it, I don't feel like there's, you know, a lot of rip and roaring. And there's been a few. I mean, NVIDIA was one of them. But I just feel like retail is not loved right now. So I kind of was a little more confident going into that one. So I took a shot. It worked out. No, no more than uh, 700 shares was your position. I'm not asking you position. Uh, like, I'm not telling you the same. But I see. I see. It, that it wasn't large. Only no, 700 shares. Only 700 shares traded. So. Oh, no. It traded more stock than that up there, I would think. Well, I'm just I talking in that, the night. Whatever. Enough more, time. Yeah, on it was trading up there all night. So I or think it traded a few shares up there. But, I mean, you've got to be careful when you're taking stuff into a report intentionally. 
You never want to be all in, you know, because yeah, it's a yeah, wild yeah. card. Completely. Earnings are always a wild card. You know, it's kind of a little bit of fun, a little bit of a gamble. But I feel like there's an edge there. When somebody's bidding something up and, mm-hmm. you know, you're looking at it. And you're they gave you some the points on the spread. It's like, me, it's like gambling. Like, they gave you the points on the spread. That's what it is. Like, I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. I'll take the spread. Yeah. You know, you, you're giving me some advantage right now. I'll take the edge. Let's go. Yeah. You, you've gotten run over on stuff like that, too. Real quick, the technicals. Uh, a logical bounce point here at 140. It went well beyond that into the 138 handle. It went to 138.28, just sitting here at 140. So if you're looking for a rally here, I think the Bulls have to come in and really defend this 140 right away. If not, you're talking about the lows from December. And I'm just going to give you a range. I'm going to give it from like 137 and a half or 137.34. The 137 handle, I think, would be really juicy if you can't hold that 140. Those are the lows from uh, uh, from uh, the end of December before the big rally in January. Um, what else we have? We have Dollar General. How's that trading? I don't, think I, I don't think I reported. Usually they report on the same day, but DG did not, I don't believe. No, it did not. When is um, DG due to report, Mitch? Because usually right they do report on the seconds. same day, and it did not. I have, Wait, have, I have to report at the 16th. So that's uh, that's two weeks from now. Yeah, interesting. Because usually they're the right 16th. around the same time. So DG, look, keep look that in mind the, for DG. Look at look at uh, maybe they should call themselves the five dollar store. Look the at five dollar store. Yeah, I mean, look five at five below, below. man. Look <laughs> at five below. Not doing too bad. I'll tell no, you one that d- that did have a decent report, I'd but it. it doesn't seem like we get the same love. Is Ross Stores. Let's take a look at Ross stores. Their Q4 EPS at $1.31 beat the $1.24 estimate. Ooh. Sales at $5.21 billion beat the $5.17 billion estimate. They see Q1 EPS at $0.99 cents to $1.05 versus $1.18 estimate. So if we wonder why they got hit, could be because of that guidance looking forward, right? It seems like a lot of these retailers are telling us that at least the forward guidance doesn't look that great. We're leaking here, S and P's too. Just before we're slowly, yeah. just, it seems like again we're just in this. The of pop, man. We're, we're too close to the top of the range. We got to come back to the bottom of the range. China's ha- trying to help this market, but this market just feels heavy. It's like it gets the pop, and it just feels like it's heavy there. Ross store is breaking down from the one ten. There was major support. There's all kinds of gap. I, yeah. I guess you got you know those two lows, Joel. That's it. Your- that's well, you it. give him. I won't steal your content. No, that's okay. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. <laughs> I keep stealing George. He taught me too well. I keep saying that. He taught, he taught me too well, well man. <laughs> no, this guy says he's not a technical analyst. Yeah, it's I'm just... the Joel Alconin. I don't know anything about, you know, uh, I don't have any degree in technical You're analysis. I just graduated from the Joel <laughs> Alconin technical school. 106.60 and the other low was 106.96. So if it takes, I mean, where do you go? If it if it takes that out, so um, I mean the bottom of the gap is uh, or the top of the gap is ninety seven ninety five, and then coming back on the upside, hmm, I don't know if you're going to see the one ten handle one ten forty and one ten sixty nine were the lows from the last two sessions for Ross Stores R O S T. All right, let's keep going. We're out of this kind of retail. We can touch one more, at least that's in retail. Let's go to Lowell's, of course. Lowell's company here, Q4 adjusted EPS at $2.28, beat the $2.21 estimate. Sales of $22.45 billion, missed the $22.69 billion estimate. 
Fiscal year 23 outlook revenue to 88 billion to 90 billion on the high end versus a 90.66 billion estimate. Another retailer telling us that the guidance a little lower than the estimate. EPS at $13.60 to $14 on the high end versus a $13.84 estimate. Compare uh, comparable sales are flat 2% year over year. Um Home Depot obviously lowered the bar for them, which was helpful because Home Depot really got hit hard on their earnings. And these earnings were fine. They weren't great. Revenue missed weren't great, but they were fine. So, I mean, Lowe's gets a little bit of pop-up here. 210-ish. The one problem I've got here, I just think it's going to get tougher. I think that, you know, the the good times a lot of these companies were experiencing, it's going to get tougher here. Easy money is not there. You're buying big ticket things at Lowe's and Home Depot. I've got to think eventually that interest rates hit this hit Lowe's and Home Depot the hardest. People are going to hold off on buying the new appliance. People are going to hold off on if you start getting tight for money, you're not going to buy the big ticket stuff. So I think it gets tougher for Lowe's and Home Depot. I absolutely don't want to own these. Lowe's is right near, you know, the the high for well, I guess not the high for the year, but it's not too far off. No, you know, it's for, not. No, yeah, so I think there's a good opportunity to just get the hell out of this. Yeah, it, I was thinking the same thing just because of the Home Depot reaction. Uh, you snuck over, just barely snuck over 208. I probably would have been holding out for a gap fill here at 208.90. Full disclosure, I've owned this thing, I don't know, for five, six, seven, eight years. So you're, uh, you're Warren Buffett on this. I can't thing. sell it because, you know, and I, I did sell some stuff. And, man, oh, man, looking for the cost basis on this stuff. Holy Toledo. Anyways, 208.90. Uh, but you saw the 208. So that's uh that's what I would look at. But the gap filled at 208.90 coming back on the downside. You're already well, first things first. Let's take out yesterday's high at 208.28. Sure. First things first. I'll call minor support at the close 0575. Better support at the double bottom from the last two sessions. Let's call it 20340. I'm not very excited for this. Nah, either am I. All right, let's go to one that I'm wondering if uh, I think Dennis sold the complete piece. Is the Rivian Automotive? Let's take a yes, look. Q4, yes, Joel gave me permission to sell. EPS all, yeah. loss of a dollar seventy three beat the loss of a dollar ninety four estimate. Uh, sales of six hundred and sixty three million missed the seven hundred and forty two point three nine million estimate. Rivian says during twenty three, gross margins are expected to remain negative but expecting improving on a dollar basis for year as production volume in factory rises. They see vehicles produced in 2023, 50,000 units. Huh. Quick story. Market yeah, to Jim. Uh, he left Ford to go to Rivian. And uh, I was like, hmm. I'm like, when are they going to start making, uh, you know, some more cars? He's like, when I start getting them more supplies to make the cars. And I'm like, well, man, I go, that stock, man, it just didn't react like a lot of the other stocks in, in January. I'd be a little bit where, you know, I'm like, yeah. it's got to clear 22. I mean, it's down. I mean, opportunity to buy this under 1740. What's the low of the move? I guess the low of the move 15. is... Yeah, fifteen. Valuation insane. I don't have anything here for you, folks. Yeah. Sixteen ninety one. We didn't get that low, so that's the next daily low to contend with. That's actually your three day low. So sixteen. You know, if you're inclined to buy this, sixteen, sixteen ninety one or seventeen to round it off. 
On the upside, if it catches a rally, bottom of yesterday's range, 1853. You never know what can happen. SP's continuing the leak here. There we are. I was wondering why they were up so much this morning. What's and China? Now I know. All China. China. Man, I should have got up at 4 a.m. I looked at I looked at it at like 2 a.m. How far do how high did we get on the SP? We got it. We were 13 handles higher. Yeah, so we're down 10 from the highs, basically. Yeah. 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 Yep. I mean, Revian, it's tough. It was a good trade in January. We had it for the catch-up trade. It took forever. It was like everything. It just wouldn't go. Why is Rivian not going? And finally it went and it ended up working out. And then I, you know, sold a lot of it and I let Joel sell the back half of it. I think I got the back half. I can't even remember. I think it was in the twenties. In the twenties, yeah. In the twenties. It it was the same day that you made your your forty two hundred call. And I, you know, and we, we talked, I no, talked about it. I said, said that. I wish I would have listened to myself. You did. I said if we get anywhere. I sold some stuff, but I said if we ever got near S&P 4200, I was going to sell every single thing and go to cash. You never sell everything. I didn't sell everything. I sold some stuff. I should have sold everything. So, you know what I did that day was I've got a rental property. I can give you the backstory here. I got a rental property, had a variable mortgage on it, and it was ticking me right off um that i was paying you know my variable had went from 1.42 percent to 5.6 percent literally went up for over four percent a year and i'm like i cannot justify owning stocks and having that variable mortgage here so i sold a bunch of stocks that were outside my long-term account i have stocks that are inside my rsp which is money i can only invest with obviously in the markets and then i have us outside money too so there's money outside the rsp so i was like i was talking to you i was like why am I paying 5.6% to hold these damn stocks? So what I did was I turned around and I sold a bunch of SPY, a bunch of Qs that I had forever. I mean, I've had some of these Qs in my portfolio for the better part of 15 years. So I had some huge gains I realized on, but I didn't want to pay the 5.62%. So I sold a bunch, paid off the entire variable mortgage on that, and then I slept better. Because you know what? You start seeing the stock market go down and you're paying 5.6%. You're like, that makes you sick to your stomach. So we had that ridiculous rally in January. I did take advantage of that. But, you know, I had talked about, you know, my long-term RSP account where I've got a lot of, you know, my long-term money in there going 100% cash in there too. I joked about that on the show multiple times. I wish I would have did that. Hindsight Capital's 2020. Hard to do. Hard to but do again, it's, it's, you know, we're just in an environment. I, I talked to the banker when I did that and he's like, I'm seeing that everywhere. Because in, in Canada and Ontario, I don't know if it's different in the States, but if you have a variable mortgage, you can pay the whole thing off and take a three-month uh, interest penalty. So for you just pay three months of penalty and get out of the whole damn thing. And that's yeah, why it's I done a variable in the first place on it because um, I wanted the flexibility. If you're in a fixed, you can't get out of it. So, mm-hmm. But I, I did a variable just to have that flexibility. Interest rates went up substantially. And I'm like, screw it. I'm not going to do it anymore. So you know, I, I paid it off. But the banker was saying a lot of people are doing that. You know, They're selling their stocks. They're selling their investments and paying off uh, a good chunk of their mortgage or their whole mortgage if they can do it. I mean, that's got to put pressure on it too. People don't want to pay five, six, seven percent if they don't have to. So, I mean, long-term returns in the markets is seven or eight percent. So, you're going to pay six percent on your mortgage, six, seven percent on your mortgage, and you know to invest, you know, with the possibilities of long-term returns of seven or eight percent. I don't like that risk reward. So, at one percent, two percent, three percent interest rates, stock market makes a hell of a lot of sense. When it starts getting six, seven, eight percent. Tina trade and everything else starts to make less sense. And that's why I keep saying this rally, you know, that we've had, I feel like eventually peters out, you know, and it, and it is in February, you know, we may go back up there again, but I just don't see the environment to go to all time highs. 
All right, let's go to one more of the EVs. Let's just hit NIO here as Q4 adjusted EPS was at 40, a loss of 44 cents down from a loss of 16 cents a year. Well, it's actually increased, not down. I'm sorry, that's a, I'll have to make that correction there. Uh, sales at 2.33 billion up from 1.55 billion year over year. Uh, I don't know. I, I've been trying to stay away from China EV just because of the China situation. But uh, I did see good numbers from LI. You can see LI up right now. NIO's numbers weren't that bad. At least um, it, it did it did come down on that EPS. But sales are looking a little bit better. I, I just don't want to touch any of these until we actually get into an EV like run where we're seeing everybody change to EVs. I think this is a runaway, at least for right now. You don't want to be early on any of these trades. Yeah, it's just um, too early. And the buzz is, you know, significantly cooled off. I still like the lithium plays longer term because some of the valuations there aren't crazy. So, mm -hmm. and you know, the LIC I know doesn't make money, but, you know, ALBs, PEs, I think, and I own that one is I think 15. And I mean, they're out of favor right now. The market's out of favor and it's come off here too. But some of these lithium plays, I think you're going to be happy if you've got a 10-year time horizon on it. Um, I still like the LTHM, too. I know you got that, Joel. And obviously, yeah. you should have sold it when me and Mitch yeah. said, oh, maybe you want to hold on to that. That's, that's okay. not the case. Don't I mean, and it, and it does look like it's consolidating to potentially go lower here. You know, you got the big move up. You caught some people. And now <laughs> now I'm going to buy more. Here. Yeah, it doesn't look great. <laughs> yeah. and, and I sold my lithium too. So here I, I sold and I tell you not to sell. I sold it way earlier though. It looked better when you were holding it. I just got out too early. So I I, I think, you know, if we got back down to the 18 to 20 level on LTHM, I think I'll reload it. Um, so Ooh. I do like the lithium. I like the lithium plays better than the pure EV plays because a lot Boy, of these we just went red there. Dennis, watch your bids here. We just just take red here. Just been a steady selling. <laughs> I don't think we have anything at eight twenty nine. Don't we always have an eight thirty number? I don't know. Someone mentioned it. We got we, we have a nine forty five number today. We have numbers every a, day. We just have numbers. A, We're long. We have numbers. a ten a.m. number. We got some uh, numbers later today at ten a.m. Uh, but nothing at 8.30 right here that we need to pay attention to. 10 a.m., you get ISM manufacturing. Man, um, man. So keep, Dennis, keep what are an you leaning on, on the cell key? What are you doing over there? No, no we're just, right now. like I talked earlier, guys, we got too close to the top of the range. We need to go and hug the bottom of the range. Keep the chop going. Seems uh, like this just NIO. Low, if, you, if you're stepping out here, you're leaning on the low of the move back from October at 8.38. So it's come a long ways down. So maybe you start to find some bids in the $8 handle. But that that's the uh, the recent low, 8.38. And then on the month, I'm just looking down here at the monthlies because uh, EKS says I don't I look at too short a term charts. It just looks like you're just breaking down. You know, this nine has been monthly support for a long time. And. I don't know. Bulls need to step up here at the nine dollar area. I, I've never, never liked this stock, and or another. And when you guys have get over the years, like how much? Oh, they sold twenty seven cars or whatever. I mean, <laughs> you know, oh, we're That's up to the 40, truth. We're up to forty eight. You know, I mean, it's uh, these these are hard things, don't. I mean, Spinner said it best in the chat. You know, Tesla is just you know the the place to be on all of these things. I mean. You, you want to pay $20 billion for Rivian? You want to pay ridiculous market caps? I'd rather own Tesla that's making money at 55 times earnings. Again, but, but I'm not buying Tesla because I'm not owning any Tesla. of them. But... Luce is the new Tesla, though. Everybody said it. 
The engineer went over there. It's yeah, going to take Nobody said Tesla. it on this show. I'll tell you I'll that. I'll tell much. you that. Yeah, that's Nobody for sure. said it on this show because when Rivian was $100 and 120 I don't know how me and Joel could have been more bearish on this show. We said eventually this party is over. It will end eventually, and it did. Man, so, loose the same Rivian thing. And the market caps are still ridiculous. Stop looking, you know, just, you know, to people who, you know, are looking, well, it's 179, 150. Eventually it's getting back there. What's well, not? It's, yeah. it's 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 got very 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 little possibility of ever getting back there. You know, ride same thing. We heard so much about Lordstown, thirty dollars a share. It's a buck. It's probably going bankrupt. I mm-hmm. mean, stocks that go from thirty to a dollar usually go bankrupt. They don't all. Some of them turn around. Some go back to all time highs. In most cases, they don't. So you don't want to be looking at where a stock has come from. You want to be focused on where you think it's going. A lot of these EV companies are not going to make it. Nothing macro out there, huh, Dennis? Because uh, this is a pretty, uh, pretty, uh, yeah. pretty good sell-off here. Yeah, it is. No. Uh, All right, let's maybe sneak one more before we get our guest on. Uh, let's do first solar. Um, it looks like that got charged up there. First solar EPS at a loss of seven cents beat the loss of fifteen cent estimates. Sales of one billion beat the nine hundred and eighty nine point two eight million estimate. They do see fiscal year twenty three sales at. 3.4 billion to 3.6 billion versus a 3.34 billion estimate. FSLR has seemed like it does not want to stop. I could see it down there in the 160s. And I can tell it, it just didn't want to break. ENPH has been breaking down for like two months. First solar hung in there. Now it's back towards those 180 highs. The stock is resilient. It is definition of resilient. I mean, again, I know, and you you slapped me on the hands when I said it was all time highs because we go back to like 20 years ago, this thing was $300 a share and people were way too early on it. But it's grown now into that valuation. It's taken the better part of 20 years to get back. When was that 300, Joel? When was that? Was it before oh, the financial would... crisis or was it back in the tech bubble? Uh, <laughs> it was the financial crisis. It was. Mm-hmm. And what was and the I high? Did... Do you have it? Yeah, I do. I do. The high it was three seventeen, and you know who actually I remember seeing on CNBC ranting and raving against this stock back who? then. Who? Gor- Gordo. Was he? He was right. Yeah, Gordo was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yep. this went from basically three seventeen down to about what fifteen bucks. 2012. It's come 11, back a long way. 1143. The valuation is no longer, Man. you know, just a money burning machine. It makes money. It has grown into the valuation, but and it's been just killing it here in the last little while. But again, I don't know. I would say if you had a target on this thing at 180 and you just kissed it in the pre-market, you got just over it. 180.29 is your pre-market high. You had Two highs right at just above that area, 181 and a half, 182.35. I mean, to me, that's that's just an old sell zone right back near the high of the move. I have no idea where to buy this stock at all, but uh, long term holder, you're right back. Not me, I have nothing to do with this stock. Wow, we're in a 60 handle now. I don't even know the reason here. We're getting so hammered here now, but something else, and again, um. You know, what was getting hit yesterday is interesting, and the value trade is coming off still super oh. hard. I mean, Johnson & Johnson, I mean, like there there was a lot of drug stocks getting hit yesterday. Lily, look, bring up Lily, LLY. Look at mm-hmm. this one. Just continues to get hammered here. I mean, it looks like it's going to 300. They do have that drug, and I agree with Kramer. I think eventually there's going to be a bounce here in Lily, but 
right now they're just selling they're sneaky selling value names still so growth held up okay yesterday but value did not value was getting hit yesterday so it's it's a uh, tough market right now and you know as much as you know we were in a bull market in january this is a full-on you know kind of bear market in february i still predict i think we're gonna have a lot of chop and a lot of sideways action overall but like your call sideways to down i like your call sideways to down so still sideways but still leaking and still so many problems eventually happening here i think there's a decent possibility we still eventually test those october lows I yeah, think there's a decent, it's not off the yeah. table. Don't yeah. anybody who's saying that's off the table, don't listen to anything else they say because that's still a potential possibility. I don't know if it's coming. It's not going to be an easy path to get there, but there's no reason, you know, fundamental reason why we rallied in January. It's simply the January effect and FOMO that drove that. And now people are like, oh, you know, it doesn't feel as good. But, you know, again, it's not going to be an easy path. I still think sideways. I still think chop. I still think there's opportunities by the dip. But man, they are hitting, you know, a lot of good companies here now, too. They're not just hitting the bad companies. And when the hell does GE start getting hit? Because this stock I know, I has got to be the I most resilient stock. I tried the... to short it last week. That didn't you work can't, out. though. It just keeps <laughs> going higher. It's so resilient. <laughs> this stock is unbelievable. I tried. I tried, Dennis. I've made that money and lost money on just one been of those. Unbelievable. You know, well, who was our buddy that uh, we had on from, um, I can't think of the name, John Inch? I uh, uh, remember he was from, was it Deutsche Bank or it was at some other firm and uh, I, he was on the, the guest list. I'm like, I got to find John Inch. And then I, I sent him an email. He was bearish this thing for the longest time, longest time. And uh, I think he might've retired. Uh, would like to get him on uh, this G A G E H C has been a beast uh, since it's IPO too. So, you know, the serial performer for the last, two three decades remember dennis when we were uh in the office this was uh the biggest component in the s p 500 yeah Are, am i breaking up the chat's telling me i'm breaking up is it me uh, or is it you guys like the overall connection do you hear uh, me breaking up I, I don't see any breaking up there yeah they're really complaining about it so i think the whole thing they're really going nuts in the chat here right now it sounds like it sounds like it's a bad connection it's not on my side, at least, because I can see normally yeah. I'd get a bad connection signal. Who's, from it's running? Yard, the stream so. is running through you, Mitch, though, or the stream is running through Joel? Through, through me. And so I normally would get at least a network connection issue there to let me know, but I, I'm not getting any network issues Don't here. Blame me. It could be YouTube. We it could be YouTube fun. overall. I would say if this is lagging right now, it's on YouTube, not necessarily on our side. Yard stream. Um, I would Apologies let you know. Here. Like we did always, have YouTube team. problems about a week ago here, so it, it just happens. What I would just short do Google. hit a little refresh, hit the <laughs> like button. Who kidding. knows? Maybe we're not getting enough likes for YouTube to you know give us the quality. What's I don't that? Know. Smash it up. Maybe right, uh, maybe it's Fastly's fault. Remember yeah, when they brought down know. the whole internet that one time? That was fast. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the markets with our guest today. Let's get it started, team. You guys smash the like. We got a good one for you today. All right, Craig Johnson, Managing Director, Chief Market Technician, Piper Sandler. Let's get to the action. Welcome back, Craig. Oh, can we just get a, a quick little check on the mic, uh, Craig? If you can get to the wheel at the below there, you'll see settings. Hit the audio tab and just make sure your mic is selected there. Sometimes it's my streaming platform that takes off the default mic. How's that, guys? 
There you go. We got you, Craig. All right. How are you guys? Doing well? Doing yeah, great. yeah, we're doing well. I'm just, uh, you know, I'd like to, I like, I would like to have you on like every week because you, you give us, you know, good, good ideas and good concepts in the market. But I know you have a longer term view of the market. We had you on at the end of December, uh, we're pressing you for some year end targets. You, you're usually pretty, uh, you're pretty optimistic about the market. Uh, does the song remain the same, Craig? Well, <sighs> We're going to be optimistic on the market when the market tells us to be optimistic, to be fair, Joel, right? I mean, it's we're not, you know, permables like some on Wall Street are. We are letting the markets tell us what we should do. And uh, can I share my screen? Would that be okay? Yeah, of please, course. Please, By please. all means. Present right. down below. You'll see uh, the first tab will be Chrome tabs. And then on the top right, you can hit entire screen if you just want to share the screen. Yeah, I'll just share this entire screen here, screen one. So, you know... Where we're at right now is there's a lot of nervousness in the market, and I completely understand the nervousness um, at this point in time, given the fact that we are seeing this kind of big pullback right to a big area of support. And the one thing that I really want to kind of emphasize is we're really kind of testing this area of support here of the uptrend support line off of these October lows. We've got a 50-day moving average, 200-day moving average, and I agree. This may not hold, but I guess from my perspective, the reason I think it will hold is that we've got major downtrend reversals, not only in the Dow, the S&P, the Russell, the NASDAQ, all those have already, uh, you know, reversed the longer term downtrends. And we've also seen on most of the popular averages, 50-day moving averages crossing back above 200-day moving average, which reaffirms to us that the intermediate term trend for this market should be higher based upon all that historical work we've done. And I can show you the data going back over 50 years. So at this point in time, a lot of nervousness and investors are really watching this line very carefully in here. And, you know, to update you guys from what we talked about just a few months ago, we sort of laid out our outlook for 2023 as, uh, as you remember, a hop, a drop and a pop. And I slightly updated that here in our most recent publication. And we think that there's still another 5 to 7% to the upside. We think the S&P will probably run up into the 42, 4300 range before you get the drop in our hop, drop, and pop call. And that is probably going to take me uh, about a 10% pullback, maybe gets you somewhere in a few months from now uh, back to about 3800 And then I think in the year end, We've got a pretty solid pop coming, and I think that's going to push us to 46.25, which is our year-end number. What is that catalyst to take us to 46.25? A Fed pivot? You know, like I just don't, and again, you're a technical analyst. I kind of just mix it up. I look at technicals, but I'm kind of a big macro picture here too. And it's hard to see the forest through the trees here right now. Give me mm -hmm. the catalyst that drives us to new all-time highs because I'd love to hear it. Won't be all-time new highs, but it'll be back close. That's close to, to new. All we'll give you a 4,600. Right. Give me the catalyst to get us to 4,600 because that's dang close to all-time highs. Yeah. So let me run you back through. I'll run you through that, and I'll also tell you where the drop is going to come from. I think the drop is going to come from when the Fed starts to move from we're raising rates to now going into we've raised rates. Maybe we're at that 5% or 5 and a quarter-ish terminal-ish level that people have been talking about. That's when I think you'll probably get your drop to start to come into play, meaning the Fed has largely done their job. 
And let me just show you a chart as to how that plays out throughout history. Got a very simple chart for you on that one. Right here. Oops. Off a page. Here we go. So if we go back and we just simply look at, from a trading perspective, Fed fund futures, two-year yields, compare that to the S&P 500. When the Fed has flattened out before and said, hey, we're done raising rates, you know, markets kept working, kept working, kept working. But it wasn't until you started to raise rates or cut that the market actually came down. That is where I think your drop will probably come into play. If you go out and you look at world interest rate probability screens right now, it's telling us that they're doing 25 in March, probably 25 in May. And then the probabilities after that, guys, drop to sub 100%. So that's why I think you could actually get that sort of drop phase after that ultimately plays out. Now, where does the pop come in? There's a lot of conversation through most macro firms that we are going to get a recession in the second half of this year. Probabilities might be shifting around in here a little bit as of late. But we know from looking back at history that when you are told you're in a recession, it always gets backdated 7.6 months, not to be overly precise. But and every time except for one, the market bottomed while you're in that recession window. That's where the pop is going to come from. When we're finally told we're in the recession, stocks are going to go higher because they're going to look across the valley and that's where the pop ultimately plays out. All right. So it looks like you're looking for a, kind of that throwback look here as we broke above that range. If we went back into that channel, would this break this outlook, Craig? You, you, oh, back in here? Yeah, back, let's say, towards that even that bunch up area in the 380s uh, that you see on the SPY, mm -hmm. uh, that recent little uh, 380 bottoming. If we break through there, would this break this model? I don't think it's going to ultimately break the model. I think you would have to uh, either break below the sort of left shoulder of this kind of more complex inverted head and shoulder low, which would okay. be in the 36, 3700-ish range. I just don't think you're going to get there. The conversations that I have with people are very straightforward and simple. Last year was not a good year. I mean, the S&P was down 18 and change percent. And this year, the market has been working and they cannot afford to be left behind. There's $4.3 trillion sitting in money market funds right now, and investors are not going to want to be left behind if this market really does start to work. And again, history is on my side, thinking about recessions, on my side in terms of Fed tightening cycles and when they ultimately stop. Again, I'm not making that up. That is just fact. That is just history sort of playing out in here. And so I guess... From my perspective, we would need to see 37, 3,800 to sort of really reverse this kind of hop, drop, and pop call that we've been seeing in here. Craig, I'll just continue to play devil's advocate here with you because I am on the other side of this. The difference is, and I can you know attest to this, is I was sitting there, you know, if you're sitting there with cash and it's getting 1% or 0.75%, um, it really hurts when the market's going higher. But when you're sitting with a money market fund that's getting 5%, it doesn't hurt nearly as bad. So you can say that, you know, um, everybody's got to eventually get this money back into the market. But if interest rates stay up here, do they? Well, you're talking about these money market funds that are at the very short end of the curve. And yes, the Fed has been raising rates. Your three months treasuries are above the yield for the 
S&P at this point in time. And yeah, I can see why people are going to want to sit there. That's a good strategy for three months. But if you're looking out over the next six months to a year, uh, history would say that when the Fed is finally done, it's only a matter of months, maybe six, eight, nine months before they actually start cutting again. And that holding those uh, treasuries aren't going to be quite as uh, attractive. Why not wait until they actually start the pivot? Why not wait until they actually say, we're going, Mitch, Mitch, you've been saying this for a while. You want to wait until they actually say, hey, we're done. And, you know, and, and I think the catalyst, here's my problem, too, is I think the catalyst for them to actually start cutting rates is a recession. And if we go into recession, it's not going to be good for stocks. So I just don't think like, oh, well, inflation is coming down here and I'm magically coming down. So I don't even think it's going to be that easy to tackle without a recession. So I, I'm just skeptical that they just get they're done. And now we start thinking about cutting rates right away. Right away. Why can't they just sit there? Why can't they just raise, say we're done and then sit rates there for a bit? They, they can sit there. They can get to that level and say that they are ultimately done. But when you go back and you look at the historical uh, fundamentals or you look at the technicals in here, uh, I prefer to look at the technicals. But when you're actually told that you're in the recession, when that official announcement comes out, stocks go higher. That has been the mantra of what you've seen happen historically. It's just the evidence that has been the case. People start looking across that. And investors are really smart. And so you can sit and wait in, in the three-month treasuries. It's very comforting to be there at this point in time, given very. the check back that we're getting at this point. I, I completely agree with you. But again, making money doesn't mean that you get the best returns sitting inside of the consensus. And the consensus is to sit on the sidelines at this point in time. And we know that when the recession comes and it's officially announced, we're probably already in the recession, given the fact that they backdate them 7.6 months. But you tend to see stocks move higher when that actual recession announcement uh, is, is occurs. And we laid all that out in our January publication for anybody that wants to see it. I'm happy to send some of that stuff over to you guys. But that is what has been the case. And markets and investors are very good at looking forward six to nine months. And if we're going to be told we're in recession in the second half, I think you got to start positioning for some of those things now. Certainly the big money 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 managers will be buying the, the dip in here because they might view this as the last great opportunity to buy stocks before the next leg up. We're on the line with Craig Johnson. He's the managing director and chief market technician over there at Piper Sandler, a longtime contributor to the pre-market prep show. Craig, another devil playing advocate over here. <laughs> what what if what if the Fed just has it completely wrong? Like they had it wrong when inflation was transitory. They have it wrong jacking rates up now. What you know? What do you say to that investor that has absolutely no faith in the Fed and their current policies? Well, I mean, the, the, the historical rule is you don't ultimately want to fight the Fed. But if you're an investor and it's going to depend upon your time frame out there and if you don't have any sort of faith and confidence in them, uh, I would just say you're going to want to maybe put some ETFs in play, simply set those aside, leave it, continue to contribute, maximize your, your 401k contributions, and perhaps just look at the S&P 500 from a very long-term perspective. Because when you go back long-term, multiple years, markets have historically had an upward bias to them if you have no faith in the Fed. But I would just say there's going to be trading opportunities. And what you guys are talking about, 
There will be trading opportunities, but I would rather be leaning into this market at this point in time versus trying to lean out, given the fact that we've already had a downturn that's lasted more than a year. And in some cases, biotech and other parts of the market, they've been in a downtrend since early 2021. It's not historically a, a scenario where you have multiple big down back-to-back years. I mean, you'd have to go back to 2008, 2009. You'd have to go back to 73, 74. I'm sorry, I don't see anything on the horizon that looks anything like those two environments out there. Therefore, I do really think that 2023 will be a positive year, which is clearly not consensus among most investors at this point in time. All right, Craig. Now, one thing, of course, we saw the January effect come into play. A lot of growth stocks, tech stocks ran with that. Is that what we should be looking at, those types of stocks for pullback opportunity here as we get the drop in your system? Yeah, I mean, I think where some of the drop and a lot of this pain is going to come into play is going to be, you know, simplistically, let's just look at some of these things, right? Everybody's mm-hmm. gotten tied up into the FANG-related stocks. So if you look at something like Apple, it's not driving us forward anymore. Like the relative strength here is basically neutral. Look at Alphabet. This is a, another example of something in a downtrend. Um, let's also take a look at where you're at with Amazon. And again, Elon Musk does a great job. But again, all I got is a check back to the 200-day here. All these large cap sort of FANG-related stocks, excluding, say, Meta and Netflix, they look weak. This is going to be an environment where large cap tech is probably not going to be what's driving us higher. And you come in and you start looking at other things inside of this um, market, whether it's in, say, the industrials. Um, There's a lot of great looking charts that look like this. And this is what I think we ultimately need to be thinking about with this market in the check back. And to answer your question specifically, I think the tech The large cap tech is where some of that pain is going to be. But mid and small cap stocks, I think there are great looking trends inside of there. And when you look at something like an MBY, which is your S&P mid cap, this is dominated by industrials and also in financials. And this is what is really working and sort of powering this market higher. And to the conversation all of you were having uh, just before I came on to the show, Talking about Johnson and Johnson, talking about United Healthcare, talking about all these kind of stocks. Well, the rotation is happening. You can hear it among investors. They are selling things like United Healthcare. They're selling um, the the traditional defensive uh, utility names. They're selling the staples. They're selling all these kind of stocks. Why? Because they can't afford to underperform going into the remainder part of this year, and the market's working. And I think a lot of them recognize the recession is coming. And I think some of them are trying to position beyond that. So this sort of rotation out of defense and into offense, but the offense is going to be more small, mid-cap, growthier type stocks is where I think they're going to get positioned into. I think they're selling all those stocks to move to cash because I sold all those stocks to move to cash. So I am that person that's been chanting sell XLU because it doesn't make any sense to hold the XLU with a 3.17% dividend when you can get a 5% in a treasury and you can go long-term money. I just tied some money up in Ontario, 5.2%, 388 days out. So I think actually some of this selling in Johnson & Johnson and the utilities and the consumer staples is why do I want to own 
utilities at 23 or 24 times earnings when I can just own cash. I think the Tina trade is punishing these things more than selling utilities and selling staples to move into stocks. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you have a you have a wonderful luxury, right? You can sit on 100% cash if you want, if you don't like the market. But when you talk to these portfolio managers like we do day in and day out that are running billions of dollars, they've got a mandate that says you can't own more than 3 to 5% cash. They have to be fully invested. And so being fully invested means that they need to rotate. They need to sell a Johnson Johnson. They need to sell a United Healthcare, and they need to, to rotate into things that are working. And again, you've got a great luxury to do that. Sit in a three-month treasury, feel great about it. I've even done that at points in time too. But right now, that's not where the big money ultimately have, can do. They can't do that. So they have to rotate. And that's why I think you're starting to see this rotation from the defense to the offense. And I think that will continue to play out. Love it. Love it. Always great to have your perspective, Craig. Thanks for coming on. Different outlook there. We'll definitely have you back and have a great day. Enjoy the rest of your uh, now. It looks like we're in the March. We'll see if we get out of that January and February effect. Have a good one, Craig. Thanks, Thanks, guys. All right. That's great for us today. We're close to wrapping up. It's 856. Great job, guys. You guys, you guys, you guys. That was a great interview. I mean, I I love Craig Johnson. I I I do too. I love his perspective. He's such mm-hmm. a great, not only technician, right? Because, I mean, you see his, his ability in the technician game, but, I mean, his understanding also overall, like he brought mm-hmm. that question that Dennis mm-hmm. just brought. I thought it was a hard question. He knocked it out the ballpark there with his answer there, and I think he's completely right, right? We got to think of the bigger boys, right, the money managers out there that have to be kind of invested in this market. That's but the difference between be being invested, a trader, right? I, That's the difference I, wish between, I, I wish I could ask asked him this. If they have to be invested – Aren't they already invested? You're telling me they have to be invested. Well, they're they, they rotate it, right? Yeah, I mean, they, I they rotate out, right? I, yeah, but the rotation here, I, I do believe that I'm correct on this, that Johnson & Johnson isn't rotating because money managers are selling Johnson & Johnson to, to buy Apple. or my, and, and, and again, I, I, I struggle. You know, We should almost bring them back on because I had other questions too. I struggle. So he doesn't like the mega caps. He doesn't like the consumer staples. He likes some of the cyclicals, which haven't been going. Bring out. them back on. Bring them back on. So still here. Bring Craig, them back on, real quick. All right, let's, let's go. Let's go. Come back, Craig. So right, I have Craig. more questions for you. Like I'm still, and then again, I love you, Craig, and this is why I, I love hearing the bullish view too, because it gets me thinking in my bearish view. And you know, and I have to flip eventually. I'm I want to be long the market eventually, so I'm trying to get the timing right. How though, if you don't like the mega caps, you know, tech, which is considerably. 30 percent you know of the s p really mm-hmm. um you don't like any of the consumer staples you don't like you know the defensive names you just you think cyclicals that's going to be that they're going to be able to pick up the entire slack for everything else to drive us to 4600 that's my question so it's a terrific question and in the way that i view that particular you know answer is simplistically this yeah tech is still 20 and change percent almost 22 percent of the market and tesla is not tesla is just struggling a little bit back to the 200 day the microsoft chart that i showed you all these others but you got to keep in mind that industrials are small 
We can drive that up meaningfully. Financials are still 14% of the market, and that's going to be one of the areas that they can ultimately rotate into. And you're also correct. I mean, energy is small, five and change percent. Cyclicals is a place they can go to. And if people do think that we're in a recession, then perhaps, again, once you're in the recession, coming back out the other direction, then you will start to see these consumer cyclicals start to work. And that's all, all these areas that can continue to do well. I think you're going to have a market where tech is not going to work. These big mega cap techs are going to struggle in here for a while. And it's going to be other parts of the market that are going to do well. It could be NVIDIA. It could be on semiconductor, just to name a few other names out there that look terrific. So there's going to be places that they need to rotate to. It's going to be more of a stock pickers market. And honestly, individual investors are going to need you guys more than ever before to pick up and show them that where the strength and where the trends are happening in the marketplace. I mean, it's going to be important, but the rotation is coming. And there is going to be enough market cap, but it's not going to be just one particular concentrated trade the way it had been with the FANG stocks going up for years. I think that I'm with think you on we- that. I'm with you on that for sure. I just challenge whether we can go up to 4,600 on that. But Craig, that's a great answer. And I am with you on the rotation. I do think you got to start looking more at the value trade. You got to look at, you know, different, you know, opportunities here, as opposed to we just go into tech and we make money. Correct. Okay. That, that was, that was a good, great answer. Thanks for coming back too. Appreciate it. So I was like, I'm like, I got more questions for him. I mean, he's gone already. <laughs> I can keep you on here for an hour. All right, we'll get you on out of here, Craig. You have a good one. Joel's talking to himself, I think. <laughs> Joel's talking Joel's, to himself. Joel's, 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 Joel's like if he's know. at the the football game right now, Craig. He's rooting you on, though. I know that much. He's muted. He doesn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> you have he's a good one, Craig. We'll bring himself. you back on, my friend. Take care. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. All right, Joel, you can unmute yourself now, my friend. Can you hear me? Is he listening to it on delay? <laughs> oh, no. I was on mute. That whole rant was oh, on mute. The whole awesome. rant. <laughs> uh, if he had the baseball you bat, were he so would do animated those, like, too. You, know, you were just... like really trying to make your point. It was fantastic. <laughs> I was trying to read your lips. It was such a good point. All right. Real quick. I was yeah. saying that's the first in the history of the pre-market prep show that we ever took a guest off and brought him back on. I think so. So you guys just witnessed history. We did. Sound History. that alarm. Hit the likes. Come right. on. Smash okay. it up. I got to hop, guys. Good luck out there. Pre-market low, 39.56. Low of the move, 39.57 or 39.47.50 in this yo-yo market. Go get them, guys. It is a yo-yo So market. much love in the chat uh, for Craig. Definitely appreciate Craig coming on today. A lot of love out there. Everyone's saying how great of a guest Craig is. So we'll definitely have him back. He's very enough. knowledgeable. He's very connected, you know, talking to money man managers getting a feel it's why we have to very much respect his opinion even if his opinion isn't in sync with our own opinions so i mm-hmm. uh, love craig he's been coming on the show for years he gives a lot of insight i do think he's going to be right that we're going to go up in the back half of the year i don't know if we can get to 4600 but i yeah. don't want to be early here because i think there could be more pain before so that that's my fear is that you know you come in here now and you're too early on it and again if you're sitting with 100 percent cash here we've had a pretty good pullback here you know maybe you're looking to some names maybe there is some value names that have come back but just blindly going into mega cap tech here that worked in january but it may not work so i'm with them on that i think the leadership could change we saw this after the financial crisis too so we've seen leadership change we saw it after the tech bubble burst we saw it after the financial crisis maybe we're going to see it after a bad 2022 here 
um, that the leadership changes. And it has changed. I mean, the value stock, some of them, to your point, and to my point, being wrong, you know, Caterpillar, you know, having a hell of a run from October to January. I didn't see that coming. And General Electric, which we've been talking about, like, I have no idea the resilience in this, but it is unbelievable resilience. So there's no doubt that the leadership has already changed to a certain extent. So um, I just don't know with the, with the mega cap so heavily, you know, still in the index, so much weight, like he was saying 24%. I was high when I was saying 30%. Um, I just don't know if we can get back to highs without him, though. Oh, I got to catch that. Uh, Mashley telling me bros was on Kramer last night. Might have to check that out. I didn't bros, see it. the bros was. You the love bros, the bros. The bros. Come on, Are you man. still the bros? I, I don't got the bros, but I always You keep, always love the bros, I always though. keep bros nearby, He's always got man. the bros Look on at his that. desk. You Look must be their best customer. I, I, you talk need, about it. Like, come on. Of, where's the sponsorship? Know, I need every morning Dutch bros from Bros should be paying you, Mitch, because you're on here. You're sponsoring. You talk stock. You show the coffee. The bros. I went to you, it. Man. I went on the. I, I went the boots on the ground report. I mean, come on, team. All right. So I did want to do a little something different here at the end. I want to mention stocks that I've been keeping an eye on on Start Swing Trading. Just strong stocks, right? So I'm going to quickly run through some of these to give you guys an outlook. MPC is one that's on my radar. Look at the daily chart on this one. Looks interesting as it keeps holding the trend on pullbacks. This is an oil name. We saw those oil names weak yesterday. Oxy, right? Will these bounce back today? We're going to keep an eye out on these, but definitely keep an eye out on like Slumber Day. That one came back down yesterday. XOM is interesting. If we start breaking through the 109s, look to see if we go to that 105 area. Multiple lows in the same area for XOM. Let's see if we reverse today in those energy names. One that I do have a play already. I've taken some profit. Full disclosure, I do have uh, U.S. Steel. I took a trade yesterday. Nice call yesterday for the swing. I'm in on this one from 28.87. Going to look for this wow. one to keep popping. It's up there to 32. Let's see if we can keep this running. Why am I in X? We'll take a look at Nucor. Take a look at Steel Dynamics. Look how this is ripping. Steel Dynamics pushing yeah. strong, right? Cleveland Cliff. All these. That's what Craig's talking about. Is there yeah. some strength in the cyclicals? There's some strength mm -hmm. in some industrials. There is strength yeah, here. Definitely. So he's talking about this as the new leadership. He may be right. Um, but again, I just, you know, it's the recession thing. If we go into recession, these cyclical earnings will come down. They've had just a hell of a run. But pullbacks here, Mitch, maybe. Yeah. And I can give you a couple more here. Uh, I got agricultural input. MOS has been strong as of late. We'll look to see if this keeps going. I have NTR, so I'm keeping an eye on, on that one. Full disclosure, I have a piece on that. Natural gas, will LNG continue? It's been sideways here. Keeping an eye out on this one to see if it can keep pushing. And then airlines starting to come back. I got stopped out in UAL on this day, team, where we cut 48. A little upset about that, but Look how this is holding up pretty well. So what I'm talking about UAL is keep your eyes maybe on AAL as, as we filled in this gap and now starting to bounce back, right? So if UAL is at the top of the range, AAL at the bottom of the daily range, at least from the support, we'll look to see if this starts coming back. And just to give you guys some outlook from Christian Fromhertz on my show yesterday, he mentioned PI, L. LSCC. So just really quickly running through these. Of course, you guys can take a look at these if you'd like. CRUS, he took a look at. He mentioned a couple of the steel names. So he's also looking at that one. And one that I thought was an interesting chart, which was a builder. I don't look at these much, but building materials, BLDR. Look at that chart. Look at the strength on that thing. 
That looks like a cup and handle, big cup and handle. Had earnings, Look to see if it can keep pushing. Yes, it did have earnings. Good mention there, Dennis. Uh, we'll see what happens with these. We want to quickly try to always add a little bit of extra towards the show. We've been doing the start swing trading show. I know that you guys have been catching also the closing print with Joel Alconin on pre-market prep. And we're going to keep pushing, team. You guys smash the like out there. If you guys enjoyed today's show, any last comments, Dennis? Uh, just choppy. I think it's going to be choppy again. This is what we've seen um, from after hours action and pre-market action here. I mean, obviously, yeah. we sold off substantially last night. We rallied substantially on China. We've given it back here again. We're having trouble holding gains here. People are nervous again, and rightfully so. The FOMO has turned into fear, period. So uh, I think you got support down 390 spy. I think we're going down there to test it. I think we got another 50 points of downside here eventually here. I do think we'll bounce. You know, you get in that 50% retracement of the overall move. It's 375. Call it up to 418. Oh, that's tough math. 25 plus 18 sounds like 30. Yeah, so... You get in here. Well, you can do your tool too, Mitch, but you're probably yeah. in here. This 392-ish is probably close to the 50% retracement of the move. So those are always seem to be decent bounce areas. Yeah, we'll take a look here. It seems like we've been in an hourly range from like a high of 401, low like 394. We have a couple wicks through that 394 towards 393.64. So I'm going to look to see if that 394s can hold today and we get a bounce there. It's been choppy, choppy action, so we'll find out. Like always, you guys can keep up with everything we do. You guys see our handles here. We'll see you later, Dennis. Go do what you okay, do best, thanks, my Mitch. friend. Get to your trading action. We'll now get you over to live trading. That's going to start up next. Come and check out how we've been doing. I've really been taking multiple trades in my J trading game, also swing trading. So if you guys want to check out an awesome community that really supports itself, I can't say enough how much I love our live trading community. We actually support each other. Yes, I know that it's very hard to hear that traders are supporting each other, but come over to live trading. You check it out. You let me know if you don't feel the support and feel like it can help you stay on top of your game. And if it can't, Hey, so be it. But I can tell you right now, there's a lot of traders that have joined our family and truly have given us feedback that they really enjoy how we go about the markets. We're not trying to, you know, pump stocks. We're just looking at processed approach, trying to go ahead and show you guys that so you guys can learn from it. And of course, get into the green by all means. It's never promised, right? The only thing we can do is try to keep probability in our favor. Let's go ahead and do that on live trading. You guys can catch us. We're about to get started. We got, of course, uh, we got Lord Ryan back with me. Of course, we'll keep going after that. And we got some more for you guys. I am looking to get into some uh, kind of interviews. So look forward to it. We might just have a great interview for you up next on live trading not even going to give you the name you got to come over to live trading to find out smash the like team let's get over and see what we can find today